Hey, hey, remarkable people. This is Tracy Robbins, and you are listening to Thy Neighbor Podcast. This podcast is designed to inspire you to expand your community, to connect more often with those who are in your path, and of course, to love thy neighbor as thyself. You will hear from individuals in my day-to-day life who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. Have a listen. Kristen Erickson was born in Logan, Utah, and then grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, Sandy, Utah, and St. Louis, Missouri. She is the third of six kids. She has a bachelor's degree in art history from Truman State University in Missouri and a second bachelor's degree and master's degree in nursing from Johns Hopkins University. She works as a nurse practitioner at Utah Valley Pediatrics in Orem. She plays the piano, a little guitar, a little ukulele, and is in a handbell choir. She served a mission in Venezuela and loves Latin American culture. She likes taking photos, writing in her journal, doing fun things for her 18 nieces and nephews. She likes to hike and bike. The last four years, she has gone on a backpacking trip with her brother and his kids twice to the Tetons, the Olympic National Park, and the Wind Rivers. She enjoys travel and has been going on trips to the lands of her ancestors, England, Wales, Denmark, Sweden. She still needs to go to Norway and Scotland. And she went on a medical mission to Timor-Leste and lived on a Navy ship for a month. Kristen, welcome to the podcast and tell us about the Handbell Choir. How <laughs> involved in that? Thanks, Tracy. Yeah. So I got involved in the handball choir because my mom saw a posting in the church news that was saying that there were auditions for the Bells on Temple Square. And she's, you should audition for this. (laughs) And I like music, but I had never even held a bell before in my life. (laughs) And I was like, sure, I'll go for it. But anyway, I went and auditioned and it was fun, but a little overwhelming because it turns out it's very tricky, trickier than you would think. And so I auditioned and they sent a message saying, you were lovely. We enjoyed your personality. Thanks for auditioning. We recommend that you join a community choir and then try again in a few years. So basically I'm in a remedial choir. (laughs) So I have a friend that was like, you should have a sitcom called Remedial Bell Choir. You know, it could be funny, (laughs) but actually it's turned out to be really fun. I think I prefer this community choir. So it's Timpanogos Ringers. We have a great conductor. We have a great time. And it's been really fun. Can you explain to us the complications of uh, (laughs) a part of a handbell choir? Oh, like what makes it tricky? So I think it's, it's tricky because it's basically rhythm. And that's the hardest part for me in music is rhythmically challenged. So (laughs) that's basically all that it is. So you're doing several different notes and then you're trying to get, let's say the third note, the 11th, the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th. You're just trying to get it just kind of right. And then there are different notations and different types of ringing that I didn't expect. I thought it was kind of do an A every once in a while. when <laughs> It seems pretty simple, but it turns out that when the music gets more sophisticated, it's kind of tricky. Wow. Have you improved your rhythm? Oh yeah, I think so. I think I've I've made major strides. This is my third year in this community choir. And I think I don't know, Paige is our conductor. She she could tell, she could confirm or deny, but I think I've gotten better. 
That's amazing. For some reason, that makes me really hopeful for the people out there who feel like they have no rhythm. It's like, (laughs) you can do it. You can get better for sure. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And then what is something that bothers the majority of people, but doesn't bother you? You know, what comes to mind is probably medical blood and procedures and things like that. So I don't mind that. Although if I'm the patient, I'm still kind of wimpy. So (laughs) I'm the person that has to do deep breathing and distraction techniques for my shots and things. But when I'm doing it to someone else, it's no problem. I'm good. That's amazing. The medical mission to Timor Leste, what was that like? Yeah, it was awesome. So it was through the Navy, actually. So the Navy has a couple of hospital ships that are used for humanitarian purposes. So the, the mercy and the comfort. So the Mercy gets deployed to Southeast Asia and the Comfort is Caribbean. And so this was part of the Pacific Partnership in 2010. And we went to Timor-Leste, which some people say East Timor, it's near Indonesia, but they actually went to several different countries. So I think before we got on, I want to say Thailand and Cambodia and anyway, there are several different countries. So we were part of just one part of the whole project and it was a combination of humanitarian disaster preparedness PR for the United States through the military, but also they had a bunch of NGOs on board. So I was with Latter-day Saint Charities and I was an RN at the time and I was in school. So we were on the Navy ship and it was just so awesome. So the part that we were involved with, they docked the ship and we brought patients on board and I was in the pre-op post-op area for pediatric patients. And so they had done pre-screening, they brought patients on the ship and they did simple surgeries. So like cataract surgery, cleft lip palate procedures, hypospadias repair, contractures, just basic simple things. And it was really awesome. It was just such a joy and such an interesting experience and also very exotic to live at sea. I remember doing my laundry and there was a little porthole and I looked out over the water and it just was, just felt really, very exotic. And then watching the sunrise and the sunset every morning from the dock of the ship was very cool. That sounds beautiful and enriching. I did have one episode when I first started my podcast back in 2019 with my friend Holly Banfield and we talked about being single And I know that you are much more than just single or married or that these labels that we use in our societies, but this is a topic we've determined would be a good to discuss today. So with that said, what blessings have you uncovered by remaining single for these many years? Yeah. I mean, I have lots of things to say about this topic. I also think it's funny because your tagline on your podcast is people who are crushing it. If there's one thing I'm crushing, it's being single. You know, I can't be not single. It turns out. Definitely have experience with it. So blessings that I have had. So I posted this on Facebook last year. I think I was telling you about this. So when President Nelson asked us to count our blessings and do the give give thanks hashtag, one of the things that came to mind was just the blessing of being single, even though it seems ironic, just because I want a family. So that's something that I do want. I want to have that in the future and at the same time if if you don't have it that doesn't mean you still you can't be happy be thankful in any circumstances 
and in any circumstance. And it reminds me of what President Nelson had said, where he said the joy in our lives has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything having to do with the focus of our lives. So just trying to remember what we have. So when I was reflecting on that, a few blessings that I could think of. One was just coming to to learn what it means to be loved by Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Because when you're single, you feel like <laughs> you didn't get picked. Or, or the example I used on my post was when you're having the kickball team in elementary school and everyone else gets picked and you're like, <laughs> well... I'm still here if anyone wants to be on their team. It's more complicated than that because I've been on both sides, breaking up with people and being broken up with and all kinds of experiences along those lines. But I think what I've learned is that your sense of worth and your sense of feeling loved and having value really needs to come from Heavenly Father. So I remember early on when I was having some early heartbreaks and, and and breakups, I just felt this sense of like, I don't know, I just wasn't valued. So that felt really sad. So I think through those experiences, though, I learned to have this kind of connection with Heavenly Father that was independent of other people. And I just realized I don't need a man to say you are something special. I learned that I am loved by Heavenly Father. And one thing that comes to mind after a breakup, I was at church and we were singing the sacrament hymn that has the line, I have loved thee as thy friend with a love that cannot end. So at a, at a time when I was feeling sad because some guy's love felt like it had ended, I realized Jesus Christ, his love can't end. So that's very valuable. I treasure that knowledge and realizing that even the very most devoted, loving parent or sibling or boyfriend or parent, husband or whatever, even if they are so loving, they can't possibly feel your <laughs> need to be so deeply loved, but God can feel that and Jesus Christ can feel that. And I've definitely felt that in a very meaningful way. So that is one of the greatest blessings that I've learned through, I guess, my dating experience, but also just as a reminder when I'm single. So that's one thing. Another thing is I love my nieces and nephews. And I feel like being single helps me to just be able to give more time and have more bandwidth for them. And that brings me joy. And another thing is I realize it's really nice to have control of your life and your schedule and your sleep and your so many things. Because I was thinking, so I've got this trip coming up to Maui and I, and I just saw this deal online and I, I just was like, I think I'm going to go. And I didn't like really need to run it by anyone. I was just like, I think I'm going to do that. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great. Anyway. So I like the flexibility of just being able to do come and go as you please. I mean, certainly I have obligations and things, but, and then, but I appreciate being able to go to bed at the time that I want, wake up at the time that I want. I feel like those are just blessings and perks of being single that are side benefit that I enjoy. Another thing is I've met wonderful people through being single that I don't think I would have met otherwise. So in, I don't know, in my single wards and also just being single, I think that you have a certain opportunity to be able to, to serve and also meet and be served by other people. So uh, I was really impressed a few years ago in, when we were in DC. So Tracy and I 
first met in DC. But anyway, when I was there, there was a panel that was, it was an interfaith panel for, for singles. So I think it was the Potomac Ward that sponsored it. And I think there was a Jewish woman, a Catholic, a member of the church. Anyway, so one of these one of these panelists, I think she was Catholic, she was sharing her experience being single and she said, I'm just, I'm just very happy to, that the Lord can use me in, in a single ministry. And I hope that if he ever calls me to the, the, to a family ministry, that I'll be equally eager and willing to do that as well. And I was so inspired by her example of seeing it as a ministry. Being single is its own ministry. You can reach people that you may not otherwise reach or be available to other people that you may not be able to reach. So that was very beautiful. And, and I guess another thing that comes to mind is, so I work as a nurse practitioner and I I don't know what my life would look like if I were married and had kids, but I, I assume that I may not be able to work in the same setting or the same amount or whatever as I do right now. And my job, even though it's challenging and can be stressful at times. It also brings me so much joy. And I love being able to contribute to the community and and just help people. So those are some blessings that come to mind. I love it so much. I especially feel like the part about understanding that you need a perfect love in your life and it only comes through Christ and it only comes through God. That is something that every single person has to learn that. And some people are forced sort of through circumstances or whatever it may be to learn that earlier than others. But I feel like eventually that's something every person has to come to, to understand. So I'm very grateful that you have figured that out. That's really yeah. beautiful. For sure. I guess I also want to make a little side note to say, I realize that we don't live like we need each other too. And having our relationships in this life are important and valuable. So I know that we don't live in a, we don't want to live in isolation only us, but, but yeah. it is, but it is like a certain, there's a certain need in our souls that only, only he can fill. I agree with that. I love that. Love that you make that caveat too, because we do need each other so much. And it sounds like you said that you did want to be like when growing up that you wanted to be a wife and mother. And that's something that you wanted and you haven't struggled with that desire. Am I correct on that? Yeah, it's funny. I, I, I think about when I was in college and people would be like, well, are you going to go on a mission? Are you thinking about serving a mission? And I'm like, if I'm not married by the time I'm 21, I mean, the unlikely scenario, <laughs> then yeah, I, I think I'll probably serve a mission, you know, but it seemed like very improbable, but <laughs> like yeah. I'm 41 now. <laughs> so it's just funny how life goes. So yeah, I think I've always wanted that. And yeah. Yeah. That's a good, I was curious cause I'm on, I'm the person who was always like, I love being single. <laughs> so I think I liked yeah. it too much. It's like, okay. <laughs> anyway. And also, I mean, of course there's things that both sides, you, you learn a lot in both, in both paths. I feel No, like. for sure. I mean, it vacillates, right? Cause sometimes I'm like, please help me to keep the desire to want a family. <laughs> cause sometimes right. I do enjoy, enjoy a lot of parts of my life, but I always want to be ready for the family ministry. Right. <laughs> like that. That. Ready for the family ministry. And also I know that you did, you did undergo, you froze your eggs, correct? Mm -hmm. And how did you like, how did you undergo that? When did you decide you were going to do that? Yeah, I could have a whole nother podcast on this topic. <laughs> 
So, so it's interesting because I had a friend that, that brought it up and was like, Hey, have you thought about this? I'm like, no, not really. And I'm not interested, but I'll talk to your friend. And then I talked to her and I was like, yeah, I don't want to do that. And then it was just like one thing after another. And I think what really kind of prompted me to go ahead and do it was I was asked to substitute a a Sunday school class and it was on Joseph in Egypt. And as I was reading this, I was actually fasting about this decision. So I'm like, should I? I don't know. I don't know. And this just happened to be on my, it was on my mind when I was asked to teach this lesson. And the story of Joseph in Egypt. So you've got all these themes of preservation. So Joseph sold into Egypt and then he is preserved and he's able to preserve his family. And then he has his kids, Ephraim and Manasseh. Anyway, so I was really touched by that. And I realized this is an option for preservation of family in the same way that kind of not the same way, but it reminded me of Joseph in Egypt. And so I decided to just look into it and then met with the clinic and was like, I don't know if I will ever use these eggs that I freeze. Feels expensive. It's several thousands of dollars to not use them at all. But I I just felt that I might regret not doing it. And I don't think I'll regret doing it. And so I decided to to go for it. And it was an interesting experience just because I was doing it by myself. It's not like I had a spouse that I'm like, should we do this, honey? You know, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to go for this. And I didn't know any, I didn't have any other friends that had done it. I had talked to this friend of a friend. But I didn't know anyone that had done it before. And so I still don't know that it's the right thing. Like, I don't know that I want to say everyone should do this. It's a journey for everybody, but it did feel lonely. But there came a point when I was like, oh, I, I feel like Heavenly Father is with me and that gave me courage and helped me feel supported and so i don't know i guess that's a story that will go one way or the other and i just feel that i've had to kind of radically upset accept that it's like well i'll be super happy if it works out and there's a family in my future and then if there's not then i'll just mourn that and then move on to see what other things that Heavenly Father has in store for my life. Yeah. And this is kind of a personal question. So I don't know if mm-hmm. you're going to answer this, but it just okay. came to my mind. So yeah. have you um, had anything in your patriarchal blessing that mentioned you having mm-hmm. a family here and that it's been like, wow, why has this not been fulfilled? Yeah. I mean, without getting into too much detail, definitely promises about family and marriage and stuff. It gets a little like, I don't know if confusing is the word, but you're just like, I get it in the way of Heavenly Father's plan. I know I've got issues and probably anyone listening to this podcast, <laughs> previous boyfriends, current love interests, siblings, parents, they'd be like, I, you've got issues. You know? <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure they would say that. But, and I realized that Heavenly Father's promises don't have like always a time. Yeah, they have an them. expiration date. Expiration, I don't know. So, but it is definitely, definitely something that I've had prom- blessings from. Right. So, you know, yeah, I'm curious about have you been able, do you feel like you've been able to shift to a more eternal perspective on that? Yeah, it's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. I think that so working through it, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, absolutely. I love it. But it's um, funny. Oh. Yeah, go on. Sorry. Oh, I was just thinking, it's funny how 
sometimes things play together back because you're asking about the egg freezing. And I just have to share this thing, like how life kind of gets a little comical sometimes. So I'll tie this thought together, but I'll back up and like, I've had interesting kind of experiences with dating. So I had this roommate in Baltimore when I was living in Baltimore and she got engaged and, and she was planning this honeymoon. She actually booked her honeymoon cruise to the Bahamas through a timeshare thing. And then she called off the wedding. She's like, I don't think this is right. But then she tried to cancel that cruise and it was more expensive to cancel it than to just go on it. And then, so she's like, do you want to go on my honeymoon? <laughs> so I, I went on this trip to the Bahamas. So that's like, this is an example of like, it's fun sometimes to be single. You do like random fun things, right? So that's one piece. The other piece was, so I was engaged once and anyway, obviously did not go um, through. And that was, it, and it, it turned out to be a beautiful experience and a learning experience, you know, and I could, you know, talk more about that, but the other, the third piece was that egg freezing and just something memorable is that as part of that process, you have to do a, a trigger shot and you have to take a pregnancy test to make sure that the, tr the trigger shot worked. So I had Valentine's day of 20, was it 19? I had a positive pregnancy test. It was just like funny that I'm like, Oh, it's Valentine's day. Like, that's funny. So I just find it funny that I have been engaged I've been on a honeymoon. I've had a positive pregnancy test, but I've never been married and I'm a virgin. So it's just funny how, you know, it's just funny how life goes sometimes. Seriously. That is so funny. I do kind of want to dig into the, can you tell us about what you learned from that experience of being engaged and having it not go through? Gosh, so many things, but I think one of the biggest things I learned was what I already told you, which was, I'm loved. I know that. And that's from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. And so everyone has their agency and what feels right to them in the moment. And I value that agency and I want to wield it and just make decisions that feel good. And obviously you don't want to make a decision that you want to both be on board, basically, is the bottom line. Yeah. So I learned a lot about a lot of things, but one thing that I will say that I would pass this little gem along to anyone that is alive, basically, because we all have struggles, right? But when I was experiencing going through that experience, I created this document in my phone. There were two documents. One was called comfort, just to kind of like give myself comfort. And then another one, as I transitioned from that was called wait on the Lord. And I compiled scriptures and conference talks and hymns and songs and just inspirational things that helped me at that time. And so I just kept them in there and then I would read them at that time when I was going through that multiple times a day, just because I felt so much pain in my heart. It felt really, really hard, but that gave me so much comfort each day. And so over the years, I continue to go back and read that and read it over and over and over. So. It just, I guess the reason I would pass that along to anyone is that the, the words of the prophets and the scriptures, they can help us. They can help us in our life. Another document I created was called the Book of Mormon as a comfort and guide in dating. Because I, I think sometimes I read these stories or read these scriptures and I'm like, that, that applies here, you know, but maybe not, maybe not to everyone, but it felt like it spoke to me. So I read that document a lot too. 
So would you be willing to share anything from one of those documents from comfort or wait on the Lord? Yeah, sure. Oh, this was on my original Facebook post, but I really love this. Elder Christopherson had shared this and he was quoting someone else that was a professor. He said, as the heavens are higher than the earth, God's work in your life is bigger than the story that you'd like that life to tell. His life is bigger than your plans, goals, or fears. To save your life, you'll have to lay down your stories and minute by minute, day by day, give back your life to him. So I just really love that. Another one is, this was Lisa Valentine Clark. She said, our personal development and answers are so individual, but sometimes in our anxiety to get life right, we look at a look around at others to see how they're doing, and that can create expectations for ourselves. This is common but dangerous because expectations can kill creativity and certainly create suffering in life. We have grand ideas, dreams, and plans for our lives, and we should, but we shouldn't let our plan for the way we want our lives to go from uh, stop us from living the meaning of the lives we have. So wow. That's another one. Yeah, so beautiful, right? Love it. One scripture that I always love is, and it's in this document, First Nephi 17, 13, I will also be your light in the wilderness. I will prepare the way before you, if it so be that you shall keep my commandments. Wherefore, inasmuch as you shall keep my commandments, you shall be led toward the promised land, and you shall know that it is by me that you that you are led. And after you have arrived in the promised land, you shall know that I, the Lord, am God, and that I, the Lord, did deliver you from destruction, yea, that I did bring you out of the land of Jerusalem. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing it. Thank you for um, engaging my curiosities. That was really beautiful. I feel like that is such a great example of what we can do when we're going through hard things to look for specific things in the scriptures that they can bring us comfort waiting on the Lord or the book of Mormon as a guide in dating and, or in marriage or whatever it may be. Right. We can use that same example. So thank you Mm -hmm. so much for sharing that. I was going to ask you the question about what is most difficult for you about being Mm -hmm. single to what's awesome about being single, but but what is also most challenging for you about being single? Well, I think one of the hardest parts, honestly, is I guess the balance between worrying about it and being content about it. I've heard this compared to a teeter-totter. So it's easier to be on one side or the other, but it's hard to be on the fulcrum. So I've heard, I've heard this shared in, this, in the context of having a testimony or having faith, where it's easier just to be like, I'm all in, I believe, or that's it, I'm out, I'm not into this. Where it's hard to live is in the fulcrum where you're trying to balance. You've got questions, you've got concerns, and and you're trying to balance, but you want to choose faith and you want to balance those questions. So that's where you build your core strength and it's hard and it takes energy to be in the fulcrum. Um, But that's also where we'll be blessed by being, I think. So this applies to dating where it's like, in some ways, it's easier to just be like, I don't care anymore. I'm good. I'm just going to be single for the rest of my life and I'm good with that. That feels easier or to be like, I don't know, or to just be overly anxious where you're just worrying about it all the time. So that's the, that feels hard to me to kind of nail that balance because sometimes I think I err on the side of, oh my gosh, what else can I do? I'm trying to do all the things. It's exhausting. But also something that feels hard in dating that I think, I don't know, I think about my grandma who's 90 one and she just is ready to move on and she doesn't know how long she's going to live and she just feels like it's lasting a long time she's ready to go and I think about friends who have struggles with infertility 
And any number of trials, just not knowing how long they're going to last is part of the hard part. Chronic pain or whatever it is feels hard. So I remember training for the Spudman triathlon. And then when I was doing it, I was like, you know what? This is kind of hard, but I know that at the end of this six mile race, it's over. So I'm at mile three and I've got three miles to go. It feels hard, but I know as opposed to just running indefinitely and you don't know how to pace yourself. I don't actually know when it's going to end. And so that feels hard with any trial, but I think with being single, it's like if an angel came down and was like, your trial in this life, you're not going to get married in this life. Boom. Good to know. Great. Or if they're like, you're going to get married when you're 76, it's going to be later in your life. You're like, okay, calibrate my expectations, but just kind of not knowing what to expect feels hard, (laughs) you know, because you're like, hasta cuando, how long am I going to be doing this? So yeah. Wow. That's so profound. That is so profound to me. I've never Mm -hmm. heard somebody explain it like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Impressed. Well, we probably can all relate because there's always something that we want and we don't know. We don't know how long it's going to take. So it feels uncomfortable. (laughs) It does. How do you balance the effort of being single with not losing hope and not being bitter? Yeah. I'll let you know if I ever figure it out. Yeah, I'm like, do you, do you feel like you've ever gone there? Like you've gotten to this place, you're like, ah, no. Nailed it. Nailed it. Well, that's that's the hard part about this I, this image of being on a full crown. Maybe I'm a visual person, but it's like, you're never just kind of like, you got it. It's always kind of like correcting slightly. And so I think that's just where it is. And so I don't think I've nailed it yet. at least from my perspective I'm like wow you're doing you are crushing it right now you are and how have you established strong connections throughout the years I remember a blessing from my dad a few years ago that said something about the importance of relationships and make the effort to develop them that just how important it is to put some effort into it and for some reason that really resonated with me and I realized I want people in my life I, I love having connections and relationships and friendships and family. And so it, it takes a little extra effort, but I love it. I feel like it's very enriching. And so, I mean, what do I do in, in terms of my nieces and nephews? That's easy. Cause I just feels like a joy. So it doesn't feel like an effort, but something that I've done over the years, I'll take some of my nieces and nephews on Tia. Well, they call me Tia which is in Spanish. So I do Tia dates with them or I started this thing last year with my little niece that lives in Virginia. My nieces will do game pigeon on our phone every day. We'll like do a move and we'll just kind of keep a little connection going. I think it's little things and I enjoy it. Yeah, that's so great. I'm so glad they have you. And I bet they just are going to be so excited to listen to this and be like, that's my <laughs> and if they're what, listening, I, I love you, each one. <laughs> yeah. What have people done in the past that has helped you focus on your identity as a child of God and not just on being single or in a relationship or fill in the blank? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what have other people done is let me be in different roles. So any human 
in a network of people. I think it comes down to just embracing whatever that is. An example is I want to be a great daughter. I love my parents and I just want to, you know, be good in, to them and enjoy them. And I want to be a good sister to my siblings. I want to be good Tia, auntie to my nieces and nephews. I want to be a good coworker. I want to be a good cousin. I love my cousins. I want to be a good niece. I want to be a great ward member. In Virginia, I was in a family ward and a conventional ward. And I just appreciated that they put us to work. So we had we had roles that were independent of our kind of marital status. And so I think just recognizing that we have different roles and and being in those roles and enjoying those roles is a good reminder that we're not just single or married. You know, we're we're people, we're children of God, and we have a number of different relationships. Yeah, I love that. And what is a lesson that you or a lesson or two that you've learned from dating? <laughs> and I know I'm going back to dating. I kind of feel bad after I just asked mm-hmm. that question. But oh no. What is yeah. a lesson or two that you've learned from dating? Or this could be any funny dates that you feel like you can disclose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I don't know. I I certainly could have many stories I could tell, but I've really dated some wonderful men. I've been very blessed. And I know that that's not everyone's experience. And sometimes it can be hard or traumatic. And I've been very blessed. I feel like the funny parts are a lot of things that I do. So lessons in dating, I think it's trying to enjoy the process, which is hard for any of us. And one of the scriptures from the Book of Mormon that helps me is, um, is Alma 32, where you just like plant a little seed and let it grow. So if there's one thing I've learned in dating, it's just let, I don't know, let things grow, see what happens and let people be seen and known and loved. And you might come to the decision that it's not going to be, it's not going to work out, but maybe it will. And if it doesn't, then maybe it can grow into a, a friendship. And so I think that that can be something beautiful. And also, I mean, something funny, this is just quirky for me, but I I love, I know I told you this. I love to keep a journal. I love to keep lists. I don't know. I just love spreadsheets. I love anything like that. So I've kept a journal for basically since I was like a young kid. And so at the back of my journal, I was, I would always write any dates I would go on. So I have a spreadsheet that I then alphabetized of every man I've gone on a date with. <laughs> so that's just kind of funny, but that's my like nerdy spreadsheet love coming out. <laughs> amazing. That's also really cool for your own <laughs> memory just to remember. There's- yeah. Well, I, I guess that is a funny story. I had this guy that my cousin set me up with. I went out with him when I lived in Utah, then I moved to Baltimore, Virginia. And then 10 years later, she was like, I want to set you up with someone. <laughs> so she connected me with him again. He's like, Oh, it's so nice to meet you. I was like, actually, we have met. We met on, let's see, it was this day, this year. This is what we did for our date because I have it in my journal. He's like, what? We've already met. <laughs> it was just funny that sometimes if you keep a record, it's it's kind of entertaining how, you know. Yeah, I, I definitely like that the one who is the guy in that situation. <laughs> like, we've been out and they're like, yeah, Tracy, we went on date. And I'm like, date? Multiple? <laughs> 
Oh, that's funny. oh, so embarrassing. Yeah. Anyway, that's so great. I love that. So you know how many dates you've been on? Well, I know how many men I've gone on a date with. Oh, okay. So some of them I have dated, like just gone on one date. Sometimes it's been like, I've actually like dated them, like many, gone on many, many dates with them, but yeah, it's kind of fun. So, you know, anyone listening, I'm the <laughs> I remember you. I, yeah. I appreciate you in my journey. <laughs> that is such a, you are so amazing. I love it. And what would you say to somebody? I don't know if this has been, I think you are a human. So most of us have struggled with this, but any tips mm-hmm. for people who feel a great amount of anxiety when they are dating mm-hmm. and what has helped you to show up authentically in dating experiences? Anxiety is very um, much a part of dating. I feel like for, for me, for sure, for many people, and it's just an, anxiety-inducing experience for so many reasons. You have your own insecurities or fears, and then you have the anxiety of trying to like see if this will work with a certain person. And then, I don't know, it goes on and on and on. I ended up going to therapy to like help with some of the, help with some of the anxiety because Honestly, I don't know. I think sometimes we need we need help kind of navigating through it. So I, I guess what would I say? I'd say if you are open to it, get a therapist on your team because it can be helpful. But honestly, I think one of the best resources I've had is the Holy Ghost. And prayer. Because a lot of times I'll just kneel down and just say, Heavenly Father, I know that you know everything about me and then this person and the situation and I need your help. I don't really know. I don't really know what to do or I don't know the answer or I need to calm down or I don't know. So that helps me, but I'd like to say that I've totally processed it and that I've no longer experienced anxiety, <laughs> but turns out, turns out it's a, it's a journey, but I heard a quote recently that said something like anxiety is imagining the future without God in it. We have a lot of anxiety. Anxiety tends to be kind of thinking about the past or worrying about the future, but when you're in the present, you're safe, but also remembering that God is in the future too, just like he is the present. So that gives me comfort. That is amazing. That totally just blew my mind. (laughs) Just write that down and have that up on my wall so I can. (laughs) That's Mm -hmm. beautiful. And then have you uncovered any patterns? That you've as you've dated over the years, and if yes, what have you learned about yourself and others? So patterns. I mean, back to my spreadsheet. Certain names are more common in <laughs> in our population. <laughs> anyway, there are many repeat <laughs> names. So I'm missing four letters in the alphabet. So I've noticed that that there are not as many. What is that? O's, W's. No, I have a W. X's, Y's. Less people named that. That's funny. Where are you, Xavier? <laughs> I know. I know. Right? There's got to be a, I don't know, Quentin or Quinn or somebody out there listening. I'm a person. I'll probably end this podcast and think of something more profound. But I think that patterns is like dating experiences tend to repeat each other. So, you know what? You got to keep going. So, back to your other question about anxiety. Like, I, when I was meeting with my therapist, I think I was feeling 
He's like, maybe you have anxiety with dating. I'm like, yes, probably help me. If that's what it is, then maybe I can just tackle that. And so he's like, well, talk to your friends and family, see what they think. So people are like, oh no, you're doing a great job. I just haven't found the right person. Or yeah, finally someone got through to you. So all of these opinions, I don't know if I have anxiety, it feels concrete, but I was praying about this and I went to the temple and I just felt the spirit say, you're doing a good job. Keep going. That's a message I try to remind myself no matter what, whether I have issues or not or anxiety or not, I'm doing the best I can and keep going. That is the end of this podcast. That was, <laughs> that was such a perfect ending. We're going to see that. <laughs>